Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I, I define League MX as the shooter shot league. You do expect higher performances and better things from Club Americas, but it's the inconsistency. With the well, thing isn't this inconsistent, though? I will maintain that the U.S. men's national team came out to the knockout round despite terrible coaching. Like, they have a student discount, maybe, to go to a pool game? <laughs> like, they got it, right? No. <laughs> Take that next step. I think it's still undisputed that you have to go to Europe. He's going to well, be on the ground for the majority the, of the No, look back at the highlights. No, that's, if that's you the have... Christian Pulisic treatment, though. Same. We're going to and... have to stop this. We're going to start arguing on this podcast, aren't we? Welcome back to the Real Football Show. I'm Gino Ganello. As you can see, a little bit of a different view for you today. We don't just have two people. We have three people on the podcast today. Of course, Edwin Garcia joining us. Um, obviously, typically our co-host. And then on the other side, we have Alex Winley. She's a writer for the uh, for the uh, site. Um, she's been with for us. Yes, for 90 <laughs> men. Yes, for 90 men. For 90 men. How long, Alex, how long have you been with us for now? Uh, a couple months, actually. Yeah. <laughs> a couple months. She's been with us for a couple months. She's making her podcast debut for the Real Football Show. Um, so uh, please, you know, give her a nice round of applause. Edwin, you could probably do a little bit of a better introduction than than I could. But um, Alex is, is very well known um, in the game, especially for Inter-Miami. Uh, she um, covers the team um and and does a fantastic job for us as well as um personally as well so we're happy to have her join us and uh especially with the big news involving inter miami but before we get to that how are you guys doing today good rainy rainy morning in in miami so uh yeah hanging in there and um yeah (laughs) drinking my tea and just staying warm really (laughs) Yeah, I'm the same. I got it's a rainy morning. I got some cafecito on deck coming up soon here after the show, so that'll you know warm up the soul a little bit. But uh, but yeah, Alex, thanks again for hanging out with us, joining us today. Really cool. I've known Alex for for a while now. I'm happy that we finally got her on here. She does a great job. Not only here, her words have been read all over the place, as well as uh, Bleacher Report in her own outlet called the Heron Outlet too, which is really good uh, source for Inner Miami news. They do a great job. Her, Ian, and Austin. Um, but. Hey, let's have a good show. It finally happened. Neville <laughs> Our content- We've been talking about it for a while, right? We've been talking yeah. about it for forever. We've been talking about it for a while, but um, after the one nothing loss to Red Bulls um, uh, midweek, Phil Neville has finally gotten the boot at Inter-Miami. Um, he was, uh, I guess it was fired, sacked, whatever you want to call it. He was let go yesterday um, after what has been a, a, really a difficult season in, in, in its entirety for Inter Miami. Um, they lost against the Red Bulls, a game that, you know, even he told you, he said it felt was one that they had, you know, an advantage in and probably should have had a big lead early on. Uh, Red Bulls get a red card. They still can't put the ball in the back of the net. They, they missed the penalty. 
So um, it's it's been a really rough season for Inter Miami. And Alex, I guess we'll start with you, as you are the uh, you know the source on all of this, and 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 probably know the most about the situation. How you know what led to this? I guess would be the question. How did we get here? Uh, well, for one, I think um, twenty twenty one. You have to look back at um, that season where. Uh, 2020, you know, Miami coming off, uh, you know, their inaugural season. There was a lot of hype surrounding them. You know, they're talking about, you know, they're linked to Cavani and and Messi still, and 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 all these free agent, you know, Luis Luis Suarez and all that stuff. And you know, Miami had big expectations, but you know, their launch, you know, kind of fell flat. And you know, they hired Diego Longo, their first coach, super late, and so they weren't able to get a real roster around him. So they sacked him after one season. And, and came Phil Neville. And at the time, I think people just wanted uh, stability around the club. And, you know, Phil Neville was, you know, that choice. You know, he was friends with uh, David Beckham and probably knew what um, Beckham wanted in, in the in the club. So um, I'm sure Beckham communicated those ideas to Neville and, and that's what they wanted. So 2021, 2022, in comes 2023, you know, it, it started to feel like Neville was overstaying his welcome. You know, the, 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 the team... You know, 2022, the team just barely made the playoffs due to, you know, Iguain getting fit again and and having some motivation and Pozuelo coming in. But before that, the team was still not performing to what uh, the, the organization wanted. And, and even before we uh, started this podcast, I, I caught a couple of quotes of uh, a sporting director, Chris Henderson, just flat out saying the results weren't good enough. And, you know, looking at 2023, he's right. You know, the results weren't good enough. And, you know, even Neville with his handpicked guys that he kept uh, talking about and, and saying, you know, these are my guys, these are my guys, are gonna, we're going to play real football now. You know, the results weren't up to par. And, and, and you know, you see it in the advanced stats and, and, and the, the their, their stats in MLS, they're kind of nearly bottom at the table and, you know, in, in terms of points and in terms of, uh, uh, you know, just uh, shots on target, you know, goals per game, you know, they're just, they're just bad in every attacking category. And, and, and they're also um, uh, letting in goals. So, you know, it just came to a fever point for Neville where the fans were fed up. You know, they started a protest. They were not going to games. They brought a, a Neville out banner, you know, yeah. booing, yeah, booing his sponsor. You know, people are saying, well, it's because, he was a defender, and I, I think so. They probably wanted a, an attacker to come on, but yeah, they were booing his son. And you know, that last press conference I was I was sitting in, it, it just felt like a, a guy who who was grasping at straws and knew he was, yeah, probably getting sacked soon. And you know, Miami dropped the hammer on him. And you know, I can't say I was surprised. You know, there are murmurs around the media box and and, and all that stuff. So. Yeah, it was just a matter of time. The soccer wasn't good. You know, the players looked like they were mentally giving up on him, and it was just not a good situation to be around. So now with Neville out, I think there's going to be a new breath of life in this club, and, and with Javier Morales, which we'll touch on later, um, you know, he'll probably be that one guy to kind of help uh, uh, push the club on into this new uh, era for them. I got to add to that because, yeah, it, you're absolutely right on everything you said. Um to start off with, I've always said, Inter-Miami, unfair expectations. Unfair expectations for any coach who comes in here. And Neville, I'll give him that. Like, yo, you, you know, but it's unfair. You know it. You accepted it. But to add on to this whole bad run of form, I, I, I came across this little nugget. Uh, Inter-Miami has lost four straight MLS matches. It's fifth losing streak of four or more games since the start of two, 2021, which is exactly when Phil Neville took over. So, uh, 
like, dude, you, you throw in that, you throw in the six-game streak that they had, you know, at the beginning of the season, right after their two. I, I just look back, and I hope Phil didn't make any long-term, like, real estate um, decisions when it, after they started off 2-0 and and they had yeah. <laughs> You know, I was, I'm really hoping he wasn't like, oh, my job is safe here. I'm good to go because, man, it's been some hard times for Phil. Um, but, yeah, it, again, 100% what you said, and it's – Man, it, it was a dead man walking at that press conference. I was watching it. You knew it. He's trying to defend his son. But again, you know that. And he also said to these, like, I know that that comes with the territory of having your my son as, you know, part of the team here. But yeah, man, it just went from bad to worse for the for the guy. And I I, I don't know. We'll see what uh what Inter Miami has up their sleeves. The only good thing is here, this I think, Alex, and I'll ask you this. Does this improve our chances to get Messi? Like the when I say R, I mean Inter Miami. I'm speaking as a homer here. Um, does this improve Inter Miami's chances? You think to to maybe land the Messi here uh, in the summer? Uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll straight up say because I'm 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 reading some quotes from Chris Henderson, uh, Miami sporting director, right now, and he straight up said that the timing of this uh, of, Phil, of Phil Neville sacking was to coincide with the upcoming transfer window. So yes, it. I yeah. think it he's flat out just said it. So yeah. I, I think that, yeah, I think everyone in their right mind can say they could not see Messi playing under Phil Neville, especially the way Miami were playing. So it was just, yeah, it was just sense to 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 get rid of him, especially if they're in for Messi, if they're in into uh, if they're in for Busquets. I just could not. A lot of people just could not see Messi playing under Phil Neville. It just it didn't sound right. It didn't didn't look right. And now we have confirmation from Miami sporting director just saying yes we let go of him because um, uh, you know the upcoming transfer window was coming in in the summer and we want to do some big things so yeah yes it does increase their chances and you know let's see how if if that gets resolved within the next few weeks (laughs) yeah I mean it's it like you said watching Messi under Phil Neville would have been one of the weirder things I think we've seen in MLS, and MLS oh, yeah. is a pretty crazy league, right? I would have yeah. made wallpaper on like my, yeah. on my screensavers and everything. I would have loved to have seen. I might do it afterwards if it happens. Just and to- um, I mean, listen, this this Miami team where they're at right now is a far cry from the two nothing win over Philadelphia when we were claiming they might be the beasts of the East. Um, uh, we have to give credit, <laughs> we have to give credit to our friend, uh, our 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 colleague here, Lizzie. Uh, she was very much not on the Phil Neville train ever. For this entire yeah. season, uh, proven to be right. Proven to be right. Like you said, four-game losing streak in MLS play. They have made it to the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open Cup, but, I mean, just what they were doing week in, week out, not putting the ball in the back and that, losing the teams they shouldn't be losing to, um, and not even scoring goals against teams they should be scoring goals against. I mean, two of their losses are now to the Red Bulls and Toronto, who are two of the other worst teams, and I believe that they've also lost – to Montreal now as well. So I think the other three bottom teams in the East, um, they've lost to. I mean, that's just unacceptable. And, you know, now it's, like you said, it's time for a, a step forward. Alex, what is the benefit? Uh, obviously, I mean, what are you hearing about a possible new coach? Will it be Morales for right now? And and if it is Morales, what's the benefit? And, and what can we see with this Inter-Miami team moving forward? Yeah, I think the team is super high on Javier Morales. You know, they specifically uh, pointed that out in the press release. You know, they they said you know they they they've known Javi for a long time. He's been one of the he was one of the first hirings that the club made, and and you know he was spearheading that academy, and then he got moved up to assistant coach, and now he has the the keys to the, the ride temporarily anyway to 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 show what he's made of. And yeah, I think it's going to be um, 
Javier Morales to the end of the end of the season. You know, Chris Henderson. I'm reading the quotes here. He did not want to talk about specific potential coaches, but you know, we all hear the rumors and you know who would fit best. And you know, Tata Martino obviously is a name that's going to be uh, swirling around. With you know, he coached uh, Messi at Barcelona and uh, at the um, Argentina national team. So obviously, that is a, a natural rumor that will come up. But you know, Miami will do their due diligence this time. They don't want to repeat of Diego Alonso or Phil Neville. I think they'll give it to Morales for the rest of the season, you know, do their due diligence until uh, until the next season or another theory of mine, maybe they'll hire someone quickly because uh, Henderson did say firing Neville was uh, based off of the upcoming transfer window. So maybe they get in a coach uh, really quickly to P's, uh, you know, if Messi comes, if Busquets comes. So, yeah, a lot of things are just up in the air at the moment. And, you know, I think this is the first time in Miami fans, I have a lot of them, you know, DMing me and, and coming in my mentions, just saying, you know, how they're they're just excited for, her. <laughs> they're just excited again for the the team and and the the, you know, the the future that it can have now. So um, yeah, I think the coaching search will be a little bit more, uh, you know, careful this time. But you know, I, I it wouldn't surprise me if they get a deal done quickly with another manager just to 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 appease uh, Messi if he does come. And and yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they move in, on that front. I think it's funny you said that it was. Uh that they gave him the keys to the to the to the car you know the new ride and everything so she, i i feel like inner miami is like a really nice car like maybe like a lambo on the outside but it's got like you know ford guts inside or maybe some toyota parts um yeah <laughs> i i drive a toyota and i love it but you're yeah. thinking you're driving a lambo here uh mm. we'll see who comes in and who who takes over maybe a guy like i think i mean we can't deny the fact that that's out there he would be that lamborghini engine into this lamborghini car that would mm. be the attractive Lamborghini for a guy to drive it like Messi, you know what I mean? So I think that would be the dream uh, concoction, the dream uh, setup there that Inter-Miami could do. But I I, I do want to say one last thing about Phil. Um, he gets a lot of blame, deservedly so, tactical, tactically. Lizzie has mentioned that we've all talked about. Alex, you know, adds on to it as well. But let's – the players are at fault here a lot too. The players – are at fault here. Leo Campapi, who's my dude, who I thought and I had high expectations for. You can't be shanking PKs, you know. True. You can't. Uh, Joseph Martinez, maybe this is it. This is the best that we're going to get from him. He's never going to be, although he got called up for Venezuela. Um, mm. I don't know. There's the Gregory injury. There's the Molda. But there's other guys that have had plenty of opportunities. There's been plenty, plenty, plenty of opportunities for the players to at least show, hey, I'm doing it, but I'm being held back because of him. But if you look at the whole uh, body of work of this team, there's no standout except Drake Callender. And that's just because he's literally the last guy out there. So he has nothing to do but block shots. You know what I mean? There's really no standout. There's a couple of little bright spots in some of these young guys like Kermashi um, and uh, Ruiz who had a good little you know game. But those are – is it sustainable? Who knows? But there's been nothing sustainable all season. No real bright spot. A lot of disappointment from the whole starting 11 all the way down, except for Callender. Like I said, he's the only one that I can genuinely say had a really good run. But, again, it all failed. It's easier to get rid of one coach than it is, you know, 11 guys on the pitch. So, Well, I guess my question to you would be, don't you feel, though, I mean, if we look at the situation in Toronto, isn't it similar, though? Would you say the the failure is on the players in Toronto? I mean, obviously we've heard Berndeski come out and say – directly that they have no way of playing they have no idea what they're supposed to do there's no tactics really involved yeah. and from what we understand i mean from what you know lizzie has 
talked to Phil Neville and asked him questions of these types of things. She said it on this podcast before. He's kind of similar. He's a motivator. He doesn't really have a way of playing. So how I guess my question to you is how much can be on the players if you're not given a direction to like of what you're supposed to do on the on the pitch? I'll, I'll, I'll give Toronto the edge on two little things. One, they have one more goal for goal score than <laughs> in Miami. So everybody down <laughs> on that. They've both given up the same amount of goals. So you can see that there's a lot of similarities here. And there was literally a guy who came out and said, hey, these are all the reasons why we're bad. And yeah. it's not working. And all those reasons pointed at the coach, which I think is such a big statement that you never see. And it was so bad that Toronto even pulled that video from uh, from their archives so people wouldn't <laughs> see it. You could catch it on our, on our Twitter feed and our social media. It's still up there. But I, I think the voice... And again, you have don't you have father son in Toronto and you have father son in in her Miami you do. as well. You but, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Together, but yeah, I believe when I look at it Toronto also wow, really, you know what? Toronto is just Miami of the North. And when you think about it, you had the big <laughs> signings, you had Lorenzo and Signe, you had Bernadeschi, you had these guys, you have the father son, you have the same pretty much goal scored, goals against and you're just and you're both basically at the bottom of the East right now. Uh, Bob Bradley, look out. You're next, man. You're next. Yeah. <laughs> safety net's gone. But I'll give the edge to Toronto because at least there's been some equity in the sense that they were a prior champion. They've won. They know how to build something. This seems more like a mishap and like a downtime on a team that's had a, a much higher uh, success where Inter-Miami hasn't gotten off the ground yet. You know, we've been around for three years, and they just haven't been able to get anything right. Uh, Alex mentioned Diego Alonso, fantastic coach, lasted one season. We could never get any pieces around him. Then we had uh, the COVID year. We had all these things happen. It just It's really just been, like going back to that Lamborghini, we've been stalled on first gear since the inception of this club, you know? Uh, Toronto, at least, if you're a Toronto fan, if you're a player, you can go back and say, hey, we we know we can do it. There's yeah. something there. We're doing something wrong now, but we can do it. And I think that's what Bernadeschi's saying. Like, hey, I think if we change this, we have the right pieces here to make it happen. So I, I they're in a better spot than 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 Inter Miami is right now. For sure. Now, for a sure. parting a parting gift for the Inter Miami fans for Phil Neville. I, I mentioned that they have lost to a bunch of the teams in the bottom of the table. They've actually lost to every team from nine all the way down to the bottom of the table this season. Three of them, which happened at home. Um, we're 16 games into the season now, 16 match days into the season at least. That's enough of a sample size to tell you that that's a problem. So um, <laughs> a little bit of an issue there, not beating teams. I mean, you go out, you beat Atlanta 2-1, you beat New England 2-1, and then you lose to Montreal one nothing, and you lose to Chicago 3-2. You know, these are the type of things that get you fired, and that's how we yeah. got – you know, that's why we're here today. But – um, speaking of, you know, going from one disaster on the East Coast, flying across to the West Coast to another disaster. Uh, there was another firing this week. Yeah. <laughs> we got a firing this week. And uh, it looks like the fans got what they wanted there, too. Chris Klein is out um, as the president of LA Galaxy. Um, it was announced. I'm, I'm actually not sure. It was announced earlier this week before the Neville firing, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, you know, it was coming to this point. Galaxy are, are dead last in the table, minus 13 on goal differential. A similar situation where you have too much talent to be as bad as they are. Um, it's a different situation, though, right? Because it's not a coach. 
It's not a sporting director. It's the president. How much, and Alex, you know, our Edwin, we'll start with you. Yeah. How much can we really see change with this LA Galaxy team based on just the president being let go? Is there going to be much of an immediate change, I should say? Look, I, I, I like to think so because, again, I'm going to use the same logic that I used with Toronto. This is a team that has a history, has a thing, and they, they, they know how to win. They've been successful not that long ago. Um, this seems like they're on a bad, bad, bad slide right now. This is, they were in the playoffs last season. They were a little dark horse team. We thought they could make a run. They gave AFC a challenge, you know, but here we are less than a a year later and it's a completely, they've gone full Miami. You never go full Miami. So uh, with inner Miami right now, (laughs) you see the, the problems they've had. They just, they have nothing. They look around. They're like, we've never done this before. We don't know what we're doing, at least with the Galaxy Toronto. They can look around and say, hold on, man, let's take a step back. Let's you know, we still have people from that are here from when we were doing things right. And I think this is a a good move, obviously a very good move for the Galaxy, because it was dead last in MLS, not just in the West. In MLS, they were the worst, worst, worst team. Just uh, what last week you had Ricky, Ricky Pooch scoring a. Uh, you know, a second goal in the 50-something minute of a game in celebrating by doing the Messi celebration, like, <laughs> B-team. Like, this is how bad it's gotten for the Galaxy. And I love Ricky. I That was my pick this season for, for, for breakout player, for potential MVP. I thought he was perfect for MLS. I thought he had all the potential. I, I'm not a Chicharito fan, so his lack of production, his lack of everything, I'm just tired of it. I think he's on the way out in, in L.A., I, I what does he do, man? What does he do? He does. He's a commercial asset, I guess. He, he brings that in and he connects to the Mexican fans. But as a player on the pitch, we haven't seen anything from him all season at all. Not even a glimpse. At least Ricky Pooch scored a goal, you know, and then overly exa- uh, celebrated. But the Galaxy, it's it's hard times. But the most shocking thing to me is just that just last season, Gino, we were talking about it. You know, uh, Jovalich was that the, that guy off the bench. You could count on him for a goal. They were giving LAFC a run for their money. That that Clásico in the playoffs was fantastic. And here we are, just a complete disaster. And I guess all those bad decisions, all those bad player personnel moving just finally caught up with them. And you, you, you got to start at the top with this. And that's what they're doing by getting rid of Klein. So I think it'll get better, but it's bad. Yeah, Alex, yeah. your thoughts yeah. Yeah, on, the, on the situation. Yeah, I think I've always, you know, watched, you know, West Coast teams because Inter Miami is mainly what I cover. So West Coast teams are, you know, kind of like out of the way and not really in direct uh, conflict with uh, the East Coast team. So I've always been interested in in the Galaxy and, you know, their history. And I, I remember those teams with Landon Donovan, David Beckham, you know, you had Omar Gonzalez as a, you know, premier defender in the league. And, you know, they had all these guys that were just so good and, and, and cohesive on the field. So to see them, you know, what the, what they're doing now, it's, it's it's you know, it's like a yeah, like a, a legacy team not living up to the ex- expectations, you know. And MLS is better when the Galaxy are good. So um, obviously, the, you know, yeah, you want them to get better. And, you know, uh, getting rid of Chris Klein is a, a big way of doing that. You know, I, I remember seeing the supporters just, you know, absolutely fed up, you know, a, a lot of them just didn't go to the games. And like you guys were uh, saying off air before we started, you know, the stadium looks so empty with without the fans. And, you know, MLS is a very, you know, they, they're a fan driven league in a sense. And, you know, not having fans in the stadiums, it, it takes out the atmosphere. So, yeah, it should be a good thing that Klein is out. You know, the Galaxy have been underperforming, especially with the talent that they have. Ricky Puig, you know, 
I know Edwin doesn't like uh, a Chicharito, but you know, get him out of my life. <laughs> every other, you know, he could score the, you know, the one-off goal every other. He scored. I don't, I don't even think he scored a goal this season. I don't know. Maybe he has. I, I mean, no, he definitely I has. He definitely has yeah. at least one or two. I think uh, he scored yeah. in the in uh, El Trafico. Did he? I know he had like four whiffs the other day in that game that Ricky <laughs> had a really good game. Like, and and it looked like that guy. And I, I'm I'm sorry, I'm chicharito bashing here, but he looked like that guy who I used to play with on Sunday who would show up to the park and is like, "Yo, I'm really good. I'm gonna play nine. I'm gonna play nine. And you give him the ball, and each time he like stumbles on his own feet or just like, keeps <laughs> his, oh, "I got, it, I got, it, I got, it, I got it." Like that's what he looked like. It looked really bad. He just could not even come close to finishing anything. And I feel like that's where we're at with the guy. So sorry. Well, I mean, sorry, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, Galaxy. They they had a step in the right direction this week. They did fire Klein, and then they got the win against Real Salt Lake. They are similarly to Inter Miami, still in the U.S. Open Cup as well. They play Real Salt Lake again, uh, Real Salt Lake again in the U.S. Open Cup quarterfinals um, on uh, not on Wednesday, then uh, this coming Wednesday. Um, so it'll be interesting if, to see they can advance to the semis. Um, it imagine? doesn't really get much easier though. Could you imagine Inter Miami, LA Galaxy, Inter Miami final in the US <laughs> Open Cup? That'll be fantastic. Yeah, it would be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Addition by subtraction. Yeah. Teams, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. But it doesn't it doesn't get much easier for Galaxy from here in the MLS because they have um their upcoming games. I just had it and I lost it. Um their upcoming games are St. Louis, Sporting KC, Colorado, who will be a little bit easier. Then San Jose, LAFC, Philadelphia, Vancouver. That's their their upcoming schedule for the next month. So not going to be very easy for them to to turn things around. But I think for me, this is a move that isn't going to have a major impact now. And it'll have a major impact probably going into next season. It's probably a good thing that, again, similar to Inter-Miami, they got Klein out before any transfers were made or before the transfer market opened so that they can attack that however they you know see fit but um i i think it's it, i think this season is going to be a rough one through the very end for la galaxy and just got to stick it out because i think next season is the season that you're going to look for to take that next step forward I, lo- I looked it up by the way one goal one assist in nine games and seven starts for chicharito fantastic mm-hmm. worth every penny yeah not great <laughs> Um, we did speak. I did mention Sporting KC. Did mention yes. Sporting KC. I want to talk about them a little bit before we shift off of MLS a little bit. They've been on fire. They've, you know, this is a team who, for the better part of almost a year now, probably they've been struggling, which we're not used to with Sporting Kansas City. We're used to Sporting Kansas City being one of the best teams in the MLS, one of the most consistent teams in the MLS. They haven't had it, but over the last month, they have 15 points which is the most in the MLS over that time span. I guess, you know, I I have my opinions on it, but Edwin, we'll start with you. What do you see as the reason for this turnaround? Is this is Sporting KC back? I, you know, you said uh, the league is better when the Galaxy are good. I think Alex said that, or you, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, it, the league is even better when Kansas City is good. Kansas City is a fantastic yeah. market. The Midwest loves their soccer. Yeah. Those, those fans are always – look at St. Louis. They're packing the house as an expansion team. Um, you you want that. Those They're the bread and butter of what makes MLS really good. And 
one day maybe MLS will have throwback jerseys and we'll see those beautiful rainbow kits come back. Uh, it, that'd be just wishful thinking. But no, yeah, again, Kansas City is fantastic for the league. It's a great place, a great app. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details atmosphere when that team is winning the fans are there when that team is losing the fans are still there it's 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 all a win-win and now it makes everything interesting in the west which is very top heavy that you have this team coming up slowly but surely i want to see i have a feeling if they continue like this they're gonna finish because what was it a, a few weeks ago at the beginning of the month we realized that it was the first time they've had all three dps playing together for yeah. the first time in like a calendar year or something like that so uh, barring any health concerns or injuries, if this team sticks together, you're looking at them making a serious threat at that top four in the West, you know, and that's, woof, that's going to be great, man. That's going to be great. Cause I think, again, I, I I'm high on St. Louis. I'm not, I'm, I'm selling all my Seattle stock. I, I, Seattle, <laughs> Jordan Morris already got injured. We won't see him the rest of the year. Um, it, it's just like I, like I thought it would LAFC. I'm telling you it's LAFC. It's St. Louis. And I think Kansas city is going to be that other, uh, big powerhouse in the West. Alex, you think so? Yeah. You, you, oh, you yeah. think you think it's gonna be? Uh, you, you do you agree uh, that they'll be in the top four? Do you think they have the power now? You, what's really changed for them? Do you think that enough has changed for them to make that big jump? Right now, they're in eleventh. Um. Yeah. Honestly, like you like you guys said, they just got their three DPS back, and you know, hopefully that will help them. I know Peter Vermees has been. I don't know if I'm mistaken, but wasn't he linked to the U.S. Men's National Team at some point in, within at, the last? At some point, yeah. Months? I'm I'm not sure it was exactly a strong link. Like I think it was. Let's mention all the top MLS coaches, and he obviously <laughs> is one of them. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think um, once they get firing on all cylinders, like Edwin said, I think you know the league is better when sporting is better because they have a great fan base and, you know, the stadium's great and um, a lot of memories for, for them. And I remember watching them in the 2013 um, MLS cup um, a final on my phone. And I was just like, Oh, I think that's the one that went to penalties, I believe. And yeah, you just want them to be good because it, the league is better when they are good, but yeah, I think uh, they, if they go on a run, they, they, you know, the playoffs are expanded to nine teams now. So if they go on a run, they can easily, you know, snip that, you know, I don't know how, how how high up the table they'll get, but I, I can see them finishing within the top nine comfortably at least. You know, they won three of their last five games, and and um, I think next up they have the the Whitecaps, I believe. So um, and 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 they've been kind of, you know, good and bad. You know, like you know, most MLS teams they do fluctuate throughout the season. So I think if they can get a win against the Whitecaps, um, you know, that that'll put them in a super good position and. 
um, maybe from that one they can continue to climb the table and 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 use all those uh, those uh, the three DPS they have to their advantage because you know not them not playing on the same field for an entire year is is not great in MLS. I know you know covering Inter Miami they they've had their DP trouble so it's very <laughs> evident if you struggle with DPS you're going to struggle on the field period so yeah um, yeah they get that win against the Whitecaps um, and then you know they can continue to climb that table and and possibly get within the top nine. Yeah, Alex, as you come on the show more, you'll realize that they're my Vancouver Whitecaps. We, you know, there's no Vancouver Whitecaps slander on this podcast. No, um, I, but honestly, as even as you could be, they're five, five, five and five. <laughs> they're, they, I, it, it happened that I was like literally because it's 1030, right? It's like you watch the 730 game and like the only game that's ever on is Vancouver for some reason. So I watched like six Vancouver games in the beginning of the season, but they are as even as you can get Vancouver five, five and five the whole season. So that is, that is, you know, right. Like as good and as bad as you could possibly be Um, in terms of sporting Kansas city, I see them jumping into the playoffs. I can't see them getting above the six though. In my opinion, I think they're probably better when they're firing on all cylinders. They're probably better than Minnesota, Vancouver, Houston, Portland, Austin, I'm not really sure where I stand on Austin right now because I feel like they're they're starting to figure something out, but they haven't really shown the Austin that we saw last year yet. So we'll see about that. But Sporting Kansas City is definitely taking a step forward, a huge step forward. Um, they've scored a lot more goals recently. I think at the beginning of the season that we were like six games in, they'd scored three goals or something like that. So yeah, they were finding the back of the net, improving. 16 points right now. They're seven points off that top four. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I guess it is a nice segue into our games of the week, though, because my game of the week is Sporting Kansas City versus Vancouver. I think that's going to be a really good matchup. I will be up at 1030 to watch it. Don't worry. Um, I think Vancouver, like like we've said, they, they've been – it's so weird watching Vancouver, right? Because some games you watch them and they're awful. They're awful. And some games you watch them, like the game against Houston, they score six goals. They're firing on all cylinders. And you're like, oh, this team has a lot of talent. So um, I think these two teams are very evenly matched. And I think it's a good barometer for Sporting Kansas City to see where they're at right now. Um, they, They are... Kansas City beat Dallas. They've beaten Portland. Um, they beat Minnesota over their last, um, five matches. Now it's the time to see if they can be Vancouver and continue this run and continue to move in the right direction. Uh, so that's what I'm looking forward to this weekend. Alex, we'll go to you next. What's your game of the week? Yeah, there's a lot of cool games upcoming and, you know, um, I, I know I, I, one little thing about this new, um, um, uh, Apple TV deal is that sometimes the games are staggered. So you, like before you were able to watch what three or four games over the weekend, but now you, you usually have to choose, you know, one seven, uh, seven thirty game. And then like uh, you said, Gino, or maybe one at 10 30, but this week, I think I'm going to go with, um, uh, I, I know this sounds uh, so horrible and biased, but like inner Miami versus DC, you know, like they, inner Miami just got rid of their coach. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how, they bounce back from that, you know, DC United, they've been on the bounce, you know, they've got a really good, strong 
uh, starting 11, Benteke, you know, Taxi Fontas, you know, they have a lot of good young talent through there. And I'm, I'm interested to see how Rooney sets them up. I think it's going to be a super open game, you know, Miami coming off, you know, firing Phil Neville, a new coach with Javier Morales. Uh, um, I think, you know, I don't think that their style, Miami style will change too much. I think it's just going to be, you know, okay, let's just get through this so the new coach can implement his way of playing or getting them through the season. So I think uh, both teams are going to try to go for it. I know Miami are going to try to go for it. They they want a win, you know, after, you know, losing their manager, the, what's the four-game losing streak they, they want uh, to taste victory again. So I'll, I'll definitely be interested in that in D.C. And uh, one more game, um, Austin FC and RSL. I know I'm cheating a little bit here, but I've always been cheating. Well, yeah, one last game, Austin and RSL. I've always been interested in Austin FC, and let's see how uh, Drew sees back from injury. And I think he just scored recently as well. So did, let's yeah. see how yeah. they get on there. Yeah. All right. Unlike Edward. you, I'm not going with, you know, six <laughs> games here, but um, I, I'll just say this. I, that Kansas City Vancouver game is going to be a great one. I have two Kansas City jerseys. I don't fit into them anymore, but I <laughs> uh, so you know who I'll be cheering for there. And no, my game, I, I'm going to watch it in Miami, obviously, as being a homer here. I want to know what happens for the same reasons that Alex said. But the game that I'm actually, man, no one's talking about it, myself included. I totally dropped the ball on this. No one mentioned this. No one realized it. But it's Cascadia Cup, man. We got Portland at Seattle this weekend. You know, this is going to be the big one. This is always a great time uh, to, to watch those fans. It's in Seattle, right? I believe. Let me double check. Yeah, it was in Portland. It was in yeah. Portland last time. So, yeah. yeah, it's when it's in Portland, I kind of like it a little better. That Portland stadium is just a little yeah. grimier, a little, you know, more uh, more uh, cozy and, and personal. And you got the, the, the Timbers Army and that dude with the chains. Cutting out. <laughs> fun uh seattle though you know it, the, the stars are going to be out it's a great time the 12th man over there seattle's a great 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 fan base so they're going to have uh everybody's going to be out in full support they're going to do their march into the stadium everything again this is seattle is one of those teams that really started to shift the the, the fans over to mls when they came into the league they, those are that was one of those new teams that was like, hey, wait a minute, they kind of feel and look like those teams that I'm used to seeing, as opposed mm. to when MLS first came out, where we're like, you know, the the Dallas Burn and the San Jose Clash, and they had all these crazy names, the Mutiny, which was fantastic, and I love it now, but at the time it was a risk, you know, in in branding and everything that you know paid off for some teams and didn't for others, but. But Seattle was one of those new teams, that new wave of teams that started coming in expansion teams that has done, you know, incredibly well. And it's going to be a fantastic atmosphere. Those Cascadia Cup games are always, always, always a good time. So that's what I'm going to watch. And it's at 1030. So I get to watch both games. See? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be um, it, it's it's good weekend. We do actually get the staggered a bit uh, or we get it like staggered a little bit this weekend. We get two afternoon games. We get a slate of 730. We get a 930, a 1030. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's at 4.30, so I get to watch it before my intermission. Yeah. Even better. Correct. Correct, oh, yeah. So I'll Good throw in the Vancouver. Us. I'll do the trifecta. I'll get the Vancouver KC game at night. So, <laughs> yeah, look at that. It's going to be a great We could all – look at this. Ooh. We've all picked games we could all watch. We could all watch every single one of them because they're all happening at different times. <laughs> That's so – this is so awesome. Yeah. This is great. Great great for the brand. Great for the yeah. brand. Um, what would be great for the brand is if um, – LAFC were to win, that would be great for the MLS brand if they were to win in CONCACAF Champions League this weekend. But it is gonna it's gonna be an uphill battle because CONCACAF Champions League first leg was played 
on uh, Wednesday, I believe it was. They played in Mexico against Leon. They lost 2-1. Um, Leon had a 2-0 lead. The uh, the goal was salvaged by none other than Dennis Buanga at the very end of the match, which was a could be a very pivotal goal in this uh, matchup. Um, literally, the, literally the death of the match. I think they blew the whistle immediately after they kicked the ball off. Uh, it was about like the last second. So um, a big goal for LAFC there. Alex, we'll start with you. What did you see from this game? Um, you know, what from from this game? What can you tell, and and how do we expect the the next leg to go on Sunday? Yeah, I think um, LAFC they were very lucky to get that late goal. You know, the away away goals are, are key in, in in two legged tournaments like this, and I think you know LA will be counting their lucky stars that they were able to uh, you know get something heading back to. It's not the Bank of California anymore, is it? It's I think it's like. BMO, BMO. Yeah, BMO, BMO yeah. field now. So um, yeah, they're going to be uh, heading back to LA and 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 clinging on to that away goal. And I think, oh yeah, yeah, I I do watch uh, Liga MX from time to time, but I think LAFC are just so strong at home, and they have the thirty two fifty two, and you know they'll have that atmosphere, and you know Boanga's yeah. been on on just on fire, and I I don't know, I don't know how the the game's going to end. I think it's just going to be an exciting end to end matchup. That you know the the stuff that we love to see as soccer fans, just, you know, both teams just going at it and trying to win. And, you know, it's the last ditch thing, you know, it's the, it's the final and, you know, we're going to get some really, you know, just end to end football and it's going to be absolutely crazy. And I think, you know, I have to give the slight edge to LAFC in, in that regard because they're going to be playing at home. They're going to have the crowd behind them, but Leon will, will not be any slouches. You know, they, they, they were on their way to winning before LAFC got that that goal back, and you know, you know, if they if they won that game two zero, Leon would have been, you know, going to LA with a two goal lead, and they could have just bunkered and 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 you know, uh, parked just, the bus. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> parked the bus and done nothing, and you know, now it's going to be a little bit more end to end. LAFC have that away goal, and and you know, Leon will have to push now. So, yeah, just super great for MLS that you know we could possibly get. Uh, 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 you know, another CONCACAF Champions League uh, uh, champion. And, you know, if it, you know, it's, it's fitting that it's LAFC with the amount of silverware, silverware that they've been just able to win within the last couple of years. And, you know, if they, they win this, it's, it's, you know, it's that crown jewel for them. And, you know, I, I'm going to get, you know, like hate mail from galaxy fans, but, you know, I think LAFC have, you know, surpassed them not in terms of trophies, but, in terms of like club visibility now in, in MLS. Mm -hmm. And I think LAC are that premier LA club, you know, unfortunately with the galaxy having their troubles. So, you know, if they win this, I think it'll just be another, uh, you know, gem on their, their, their crown right now. And I think it's just going to be a super open, super end to end game. And those Leon kits are super nice. The green ones. I, I yeah. Have one of those, but yeah, it'll be a cool game. All right. So I, had the luxury and the pleasure and the benefit and all the good things of watching a proper team this week play in LAFC. Okay. I actually got to watch the game. I really enjoyed it uh, against Leon. And I know that you guys are a couple, you know what? I'll give you guys a, a little round of applause. Congratulations, Everton, you Evertonians. You guys got a salvaged <laughs> off relegation. Um, congrats. You know, you, you're not LA Galaxy. <laughs> Just all I wanted, all I wanted was the last season of Goodison Park not to be in the championship. Literally. So there you go. So congrats on that. You're not the Galaxy, but you're also not LAFC, which is the elite class of what we have in Major League Soccer. I watched the game. Those Leon goals at the beginning, 
the thing with LAFC, that whole game, they just did not let off. They kept fighting, they kept fighting, they kept fighting. Boanga was all over the place. That guy's motor is incredible. It just doesn't stop. It just continues and continues and continues. And the testament is in that last goal, massive, massive, massive last goal in the 95th minute of extra time. Okay. It was just like it that's the type of thing. Now there's no away goals in this in this round. It's just aggregate. Yeah. Uh, so it's in this round here. So it's still it's massive because unlike uh you Everton fans that uh, are gonna park the bus and you know just hope that we don't kill us, though, you know, we just gotta survive. No, LAFC is gonna put their foot on the gas, they're gonna score three goals easy on Leon, and that crowd 3252 is gonna be lit, it's gonna be pumped, it's gonna be great. So I'm looking forward to that game. It's going to be fantastic to watch. And I think LAFC is going to pull it off comfortably. I think it's going to be probably thinking like a 3-0, 4-1 kind of thing here because that's what they're going to need to, to, to get it here. Or maybe maybe a little 2-0, you know, that'll, that'll, that'll be enough as well. So I, I, I do see LAFC, man, they're just, it feels like they're a team of destiny. They, they won it. They won the MLS Cup. They're going after, they're doing what we always wanted an MLS team to do, go after some type of treble or, or have an incredible run of success, not just domestically, but, you know, uh, globally here. And they're doing it there. And we're, it's going to be fantastic to watch. So good for them. Looking forward to it. Boanga, two goals next game. Book it. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, I, I agree. I, I feel like the the deadly combination for LAFC is being down a goal, needing to be on the front foot, and also being at home. I feel like that is, for some teams, maybe that wouldn't be – the advantage that it is for LAFC, but I think for LAFC, it's a major advantage for them. And the fact that they can pray, play freely, they can say, you know, we're going to play our way. We're going to be at home. We're going to have the fans behind us. I think I would agree. I think LAFC come back and win this one, you know, but I think they need a goal at least in the first half. Because if they go into the second half down 2-1, I think that's when we start to see Leon bunker down real hard and just try and hold on to that 2-1 lead. And then it's going to be just – you're going to have to find some creative genius to find the back of the net. So um, I, I think I think that they will win it, but I think they need a goal in the first half to see uh, to, to, to see it through and, and grab that trophy. And, and don't so doubt – I was going to say, don't doubt uh, uh, Carlos Vela either. He had a bad first game. Yeah. Bad for his game. Yeah. Uncharacteristically, yeah. he's coming in with a chip on his shoulder and he's like, hey, I'm against a Mexican team. He's, you know, there's, there's, he knows what's at stake here. He knows what's at stake here. He's going to make up for his, uh, his not yeah. so good performance here and they're going to have a, a fantastic showing on Sunday. I think it's Sunday, right? Yes, yeah, Sunday, yeah. Sunday, January or January, June 4th <laughs> at June. Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Wow. 9 p.m. Wow. Eastern time. So, uh, catch that one. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a phenomenal match, like a very, very good match. That That is the game of the week uh, for, for any American watching MLS teams or League MX teams or any anybody here in America. That's the game of the week. So uh, if you don't watch any soccer this weekend, watch that match because it's yeah, going to be, watch that. It's, it's gonna be <laughs> a good one. Um, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's good. I mean, LAFC, like we said. They have the best chance at a tre- at a double at a at a, at a you know doing doing the double that we've seen probably in the history of the MLS. So if they can win this one, that's halfway there. Um, we will talk. Let's talk a little bit quickly about League MX as well um, because we have not <laughs> talked about League MX and the final was this past weekend. Um, it's very important, um, of course, because Chivas and Tigres came into the match 
um, tied 0-0 going into this one. And all chaos ensued, as is typical for League MX, right? That's what we're used to. Um, yep. Chivas had a 2-0 lead. They lost the 2-0 lead. Um, and Tigres ended up scoring an extra time that ended up giving them the trophy. One of horrible. the craziest seasons I've horrible, ever seen in my horrible, life. Tigres. They've lost two coaches. They've had such an up and down season. They managed to bring home the trophy. Alex, again, we'll start with you. I know you, I, I believe you said you were watching this one, uh, you know, when it was going on. Your thoughts on the match. Um, and really, I guess maybe let's start with what, what went wrong for Shivas after going up to nothing. Yeah, I think, you know, they maybe just lost their head a little bit. I know, you know, just Tigris has just this history of, you know, I don't know, they're just really successful and it, it just seemed inevitable, even though their season this year was probably not the best. I think, what did they finish in, on the table? I'm, I'm looking I think they were now. seventh on the table. They started off as the best team in the in the league and then just yeah. fell apart after they lost Coca to the Mexican just national like team. Just like seventh in the league and, you know, wasn't the best. So, you know, I, I, yeah, it's just strange to see, you know, I guess that's the beauty of the playoffs, I, I guess, in a sense. But, you know, they finished seventh in the league and then they, they win this title through – you know, just a crazy game, a crazy atmosphere, and and yeah, you're always getting that with with uh, whenever these two teams play, and you know, it's it's just fun to watch as a neutral. And you know, the game was absolutely crazy. Like how many shots on target? It went into extra time. You know, Tigers winning three two on aggregate. It's just just a crazy match. And then you know, it's just you know, yellow cards, and it's just yeah. How do you even? <laughs> yeah, it's, it was crazy. It's pure football. It's just it was. Just it was madness. Liga MX. That's what it yeah. was. It was Liga MX. Yeah, I want to ask you, Alex, uh, you said you're neutral. So we've been doing this League MX uh, segment here, and it's been my favorite one because it's just it's nuts. It's crazy. We 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 go one week. We went like four and in our picks. Then we went like one and four or and four. Like it was bad. We don't understand anything. There's guys with three (laughs) jersey numbers on their back. It's insane. It makes us fun. Um, Now you're a neutral. I've been trying to find a team. Uh, Gino already made his decision. He's Cruz Azul. He said and it's the closest thing to Everton and misery that I could find, and that's what he's <laughs> uh, La Machina, well, maybe I should baby. Join him. I'm an Evertonian <laughs> too, so maybe might as well join. So you saw so Cruz Azul. There you go. That's what I like to hear. Alex. I was just kind of curious to see if you uh because Lizzie's the Club America, but she's really a closet Santos fan. I've been <laughs> I've been a total free agent fan. I my my one stigma was I do not go for Adidas. So I've been picking against them all playoffs and I keep wrong. So it's just been <laughs> even more frustrating to see them win. For some reason, I don't like Tigres. I started off liking Pumas. Then I was like, oh, Pachuca, because they got more Colombians. And then it's just been a, a whirlwind. So I, I feel like after my first Liga MX season here, I don't have a, a, a true team yet that I'm into. But again, if any of these Liga MX teams want to convert me, man, it's just just one little free jersey and I'm, I'm there, bro. Like, <laughs> so easy fan to get, you know? Yeah, I haven't chosen a team yet. Like I said, I'm a neutral. I do have a Club America jersey because I, I just thought it looked nice. And um, yeah, it's it's super cool. But yeah, I think I'm a neutral now. Um, I need like a, a, a connection to one of the teams to, to actually hang on to that. So uh, next season, I'll, I'll be watching and then, you know, whether it's style of play or they have, you know, a player from my country, you oh, know, Zendejas. Zendejas is on uh, Club America. He's a technically he's American well, now. So. If you want a connection to Everton, Ramiro Funes Mori is on Cruz Azul. Oh, 
Oh, is he really? Oh, well, there we go. There we go. Oh, so yeah. He's a there psychopath, but he's on. I have on not there. heard his name in a long time. I, <laughs> I remember know. him for Everton. Wow. The only thing okay, he did at Everton was get a red card against Liverpool. That's like the only thing I remember. I feel like he Literally. had like a crazy pack or whatever. <sighs> so we got a couple of Cruz Azules and uh, and then me kind of in limbo here. I, like I said, at last at last check, I think I was Pachuca. Um, just be honest. Again, just be honest. You're waiting for somebody to send you a jersey. When they send oh, you yeah, a jersey, yeah, no. you're <laughs> total. I'm a total. It could be the worst team in the league. Give me, you know, the bottom feeder. And if they send me some swag, bro, I'm all over it. I'll be like, no, and I'm tr- truthful, you know. I'll be a, <laughs> yeah. I'll be a big fan. But been a fan my whole life. Yeah, I've been a fan my whole life. You know, Hello. <laughs> all three but, days. Um... <laughs> no, yeah, I mean it was it was a great it was a great final, really great season overall. I mean, <laughs> for my first season in Liga MX, yeah. like I look reflecting and looking back, right? You know, Lizzie explained a lot of the rules and a lot of what happens in Liga MX going into the season, and it really lived up to every single thing she said, like every single yeah. thing from the chaos. I mean, more red cards than I've seen in my entire life. Um, just goals, you know, late goals. You got managers being picked up by the Mexican national team, teams doing poorly and then doing better after they get the third manager. Uh, a manager was fired a day before the playoffs, basically. So the chaos of, of Liga MX did not disappoint. It was um, it, it was a great season. And I will be watching again when Cruzers will win the title next season. Speaking of which, though, Cruzers, we, we must not forget they win. They won the most important trophy in all of Mexico, the Copa for Mexico. So... There you go. Congrats. Congrats, guys. The preseason sure. tournament that doesn't really matter at all. They won. So I'll <laughs> all take right, it. Gino, it's like Everton me, winning the Florida ask, Cup. <laughs> yeah. Gino, <laughs> let me ask you. Um, so now that we have we have finished our first uh, Liga MX season, you and I here, and we've been on this ride together here, What? give me one, one thing that stood out for you. Whether it was a, a rule, a moment, or something that just—that's that's the the lingering thought. Because I'll, I'll tell you mine, and it's the three-digit jersey numbers. I still can't get over it. Like it just—it it bothered me all season when I'm watching a game and there's a guy in number 177 out there, you know, and I'm just like, huh, you know, like that that tripped me out even more so than all the red cards and all the the chaos and that that crazy final with Tigres coming back. To me, it was a triple-digit jersey numbers. I don't know what did it for you. Yeah, for for me, I think I'm still stuck on the. Again, it's a rule, but <laughs> I'm still stuck on the. Well, actually, no. There's two things. One okay. is I'm still stuck on the needing to have like seven Mexican player, Mexican-born nationals on the team or whatever. But you yeah. can have like a Mexican passport, and that counts. I'm still confused by that rule. I'm not really sure how it works. I think they changed it again. So I'm not really sure. The second the thing department. that stuck out to me was the fact that Santos Laguna made the playoffs despite not being in a playoff spot because Queretaro didn't have had a, the lowest aggregate points out of any team, so they couldn't make the playoffs. I, I don't know. It was and then they win a game. They got it, rid of their coach, and they won yeah. the game in the playoffs after getting rid of their coach before they started the playoffs that they backed into. <laughs> so yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> That's fantastic. So I'd have to say, I'd have to say that's that's what stands out to me. But anything else you guys want to touch on before we wrap the show up? I think it's fantastic. I'm very happy. Thank you, Alex, for hanging out with us. Yes, and thank being you a so part. much. Alex, Alex will be a part of the show next week. Correct. Right, yes. Edwin will Hang be. We'll have we'll have Edwin and and Lizzie will be overseas. Um, Edwin was in Germany last weekend. 
came back yeah. to America, now out to France and Istanbul for the Champions League final, the UEFA Champions League final next weekend. Um, so it's going to be me and Alex next weekend or next week talking about all this stuff. It's going to be a blast, um, as it always is. Uh, it's yeah. always fun talking on the Real Football Show. Thank you, as always, for you guys for joining us. And, and you guys out there, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow these social accounts. We have our TikTok on there now. Which one is it? TikTok, this one right here, the TikTok's on there. It's the same as the Instagram. Make sure you uh, uh, follow us on that. Catch us for all the content over there. Of course, 90 Min US. Um, we'll have to, you know, figure out a way to produce content now that Phil Neville is no longer coaching the MLS. But we will do it for you, I promise. <laughs> we're, I promise we're we'll figure it Bob out. Bradley. Bob Bradley's our fault now. <laughs> He's in our crosshairs. Bob Bradley, absolutely. Well, again, thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. Later, guys. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.